Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Space Game Junkie Podcast. I, as always, am your co-host, Brian, and joining me, as always, is your, your co-host, Jim. Always. <laughs> as always. And always your co-host, Hunter. I mean, am I, though? As much as you can be, you know. Uh, and, yeah, well, fair enough. And as always, your co-host, Spaz. Brought to you by the power of nostalgia. <laughs> Today's show brought to you by rose-colored glasses. <laughs> Rose-tinted glasses. They make everything look pretty. <laughs> Tonight, everybody, we're going to hop in the old DeLorean and go down a trip memory lane. Where we're going, we, we're don't, going, need we don't need roads. <laughs> Way back <laughs> Well done, well done. Uh, so, folks, uh, you can thank Hunter for this topic because uh, I'll admit I've been a little lazy, uh, and we don't have really. I'm, I'm working on some guests. I have some irons on the fi- irons on the fire, but uh, yeah, right now we're going to do some topics. So, uh, Hunter came up with this topic, and the title of this episode is called "Can You Go Home Again?" We're going to talk about games we all played when we were 20, uh, and we tried to play them. And like our memories of them, and do the, does the memory hold up to the reality? So I thought we'd uh, do age before beauty and start with oldest to youngest. So Jim, you are the oldest. You are uh, forty eight. Forty seven. Forty seven. Yes. You're gonna but be f- also the most beautiful. So <laughs> either don't, way, don't hate I you because you're beautiful. Person. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so what year was it when you were twenty? Oh, that would be 1990. Whew. So you are three years older than me. So um, what? Which, uh, which games are? Did you? Uh, what games do you think about when you think 1990? Um, strip mahjong. No, um, it's fair. You know, it's a it's a thing, right? So, uh, what was going on then? Like Super Mario Three, I think. Was Wing, happening on the Wing, Nintendo. Wing Commander came out and, that year. Yeah, Wing Commander. I remember like walking into Electronics Boutique in the mall, and they had. Oh. Like, oh my god! Oh, it's not on the Amiga. Hmm. It later did come out on the Amiga. Did you watch the video that I put up of playing Wing Commander on the Amiga? I didn't have time. I didn't have time. Oh, Sorry, yeah, dude. Oh yes. Go 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 in the in the chat there. You, you, it, it's I time stamped it to like right there, where the guy that's playing it is shooting, and it's you can see it's clearly two frames a second. It, it's just it's brutal, and that's Amiga five hundred trying to play Wing Commander. That I'm sure people paid full price for that. Wow. So then uh, I played it on a neighbor's PC, and I was like, Oh God, it's time for the Amiga to go <laughs> because it's that. Um, but uh, there's that other game that's in there that is called Epic, and Epic is pretty amazing. That's from Ocean. Ocean, Ocean yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was a great game. Yeah. And uh, it, did you play it on PC, I assume, right? Yes, I never I never had yeah. an Amiga or anything. It was, it was just like the graphics were super smooth, right? Because Amigas, I, I was used to like low frame rates, right? You'd be playing Falcon at like 10 frames a second or... Or whatever, but the things that were like specific made for the Amiga, like the the I think the game that sold the most Amigas was FA eighteen Interceptor 
from uh, I think that was digital integration. Yeah, I was always I was always really jealous I couldn't play that. I really really yeah. wanted to. Oh man, it was amazing. It was smooth like glass, man. It, yeah. But that's because it was made specific to that platform. So they were getting, I don't know, 30 30 frames a second or whatever out of that thing and it just looked like nothing else. So, yeah, it was good. Um yeah, so I was playing uh, a fair stretch of Amiga stuff, and I still had my Commodore 64 and 90. So there was a lot of that going on. And it's like, you know, what did I play on the Commodore? What was on the Commodore? That was, yeah. I I had, you know, I was like in part of, uh, it was like that circle of friends, right? That like we were, we were all a bunch of wares kids. So we had uh, basically like, a giant trunk full of floppy disks. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, what's on this one? I don't know. Put it in. Let's find out. <laughs> <laughs> floppy disks, 20 cents a piece, you know? Yeah. I'll buy them a hundred at a time. And right. So, yeah. Um, some, I mean, everything that was on the Commodore 64, it was, a, uh, it was very much a product of its time. Right, because not a lot of the stuff had a lot of depth that was super arcadey, and then you get over into the Amiga, and then you're actually able to play some stuff like Falcon and whatever over there. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I played a lot like Gunship on the. Oh uh, yes, yeah, yeah, Gunship 2000. I, I'm not sure when Gunship 2000 came out on the Amiga. Um, I played a lot of the original M1 Tank Platoon. Mm-hmm. I played an embarrassing amount of that. So, and it was great. And it didn't matter that it was a really low frame rate because it's a tank. You go slow anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there was, there was this uh, one tank game. I think it was called uh, Armor Command or something. It, it was like if you, if you took M1 Tank Platoon and crossed it with Battlezone, and it was a, uh, like a futuristic carrier you know, command, like sci-fi. No, it was, uh, it, it, you, you drove a tank and it was kind of like battle zone, right. But it was a fleshed out tank. Um, and, uh, at the end of the level, like a spaceship would land and drop a ramp and you'd drive up in the back of it and it would fly to the next level, which is pretty hot. Um, yeah, that was pretty cool. You know, it was like Cygnosis was doing, they were at like the height of their game right then. So they were doing all that cool Amiga stuff, you know, Shadow of the Beast, which honestly, it had great music. The gameplay was not, you know, it, it was interesting to look at and really cool to listen to, but it was no fun at all to play. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. It's it's like, um, as far as going back and playing stuff to see if it stands up, um, some of the Amiga stuff you can play today. Well, you, all of it you can, right? Like if you if you go to one of the the ROM sites that's got like yeah, a giant what, archive of Amiga stuff. What's the big uh, emulator? It's fine. Yeah, UAE. yeah, that's the big one. Yeah. Um, it works great, and the Amiga controls are essentially a, a PC keyboard. So it's not like whenever you have a Commodore sixty four emulator and it's like, oh wow, what are these keys? Because <laughs> yeah, it had keys like not at all like a PC. Um, but yeah, the Amiga thankfully was basically a PC keyboard. So, um, but I, I fired up Federation of free traders 
So they had uh, they had the original Elite, and it was more like Elite Plus because instead of being uh, wireframe, it was actually shaded polys. Right. That's the first. That's the first version I played. Yeah, I remember Elite Plus very fondly. So that was cool, and then they came out with Elite Two, which was Frontier. Which uh, what was the version after Frontier? It was first encounter, uh, first encounters, yeah, yeah, and which was essentially Frontier anyway, right? With so, slightly better graphics and more bugs, yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it it's uh, yeah, and they, and they basically started you in an eagle, if I remember, because yep. that's whenever you play Pioneer Scout, they start you in an eagle as yep. well. So you started in yeah. a dinky little eagle. Yep. Yeah, Every and time. honestly, if if you get the urge. To play uh, Frontier, you know Elite Two. Go find not not just Pioneer, but actually get the Pioneer Scout Plus. Oh yeah, that's the one that's most true. Don't play Jump Drive. Whatever you do, don't play Jump Drive. (laughs) Do not play Jump Drive. Oh my god. (laughs) I don't even remember Jump Drive. What the hell is that? That's the I've one that just came out. Familiar. That's the one that just came out. It was Paragon. Oh, that got yeah, yeah, yeah. That okay. pile of garbage. Oh, my God. Yeah. Holy, holy <laughs> shit. No. Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, you know, I think what it was is they basically acquired that game. It, it was like the uh, the guys, I guess, got the money for the Paragon name, and then they kind of walked away from it or something. So they got an, another programmer to come in and he was trying to untangle the spaghetti stuff. And it was just like, I, I guess every time they touched the game, it exploded or whatever. They actually, I remember that. Uh, I remember the last time I messed with it. Um, uh, it, uh, he, he had taken out all of the, um, the time dilation stuff, you know, fast yeah. forward because it used to be, but like, uh, pioneer is today. Still, whenever you're flying somewhere, um, it would just, you know, you'd speed stuff up to like 10 X and it would just zip over there and then slow back down and you would dock and stuff. But the thing is uh, with frontier slash pioneer, the majority of your flying, it's not like elite dangerous, right? It, the majority of your flying is on autopilot because yeah. halfway there, you have to turn 180 and retro burn to slow down. So you just let the computer deal with that stuff. And uh, you know, your travel does not happen in real time. There, there is no super cruise kind of like Star Trek warp speed stuff. So if you're going to go there, you know, it's like you take a mission and, and it's like, Oh, I'm, I'm at earth and I have to get to Mars and I've got like a week. Yeah. Well, if you got fast enough engines, right. But that's a week of, of real time. So you got to time dilate and zip out there. Um, yeah. So that, uh, I, th- I think that's probably why they changed that for the multiplayer game because you couldn't have different players doing different levels yeah. of time dilation stuff. Yeah. So we got that's, that's instead. It's it's not unfair, yeah. but yeah, it's that's but not, also time dilation. Yeah. You don't want to try to manually control that thing. No, so, no you'll crash and burn. Yeah. Um, so that was on the Amiga, and right. then there was another thing, and it's super obscure, and it's called Federation of Free Traders. And it's basically a stone cold ripoff of Elite One. <laughs> basically, um, it was a lot more colorful. So what it looks like is uh, that game from Origin called Space Rogue. It looks a lot like Space Rogue, 
Oh my god, it does. I'm looking at the Moby yes. I'm looking at the Moby Games page right now. Holy crap, it looks a lot like Space Rogue. Yeah, so I fired it up on my Amiga emulator today and uh it kind of holds up, but I would probably rather play Elite Plus at this point or Oolite, which is the, you know, the open source reboot of Elite. Um, I would I would play that a lot more than this thing because you know you're dealing with like five frames a second and it's yeah it's not very performant and it's very difficult to hit things and uh, the the so they they did some interesting weird stuff so there's a console that you bring up with the F8 key and it brings you to a DOS window and it's got a command prompt. And it's like, well, what do I do? And you can type help, and then it gives you like a list of commands. So you can actually type to the ship computer. And then you type in net, and then it asks for your login, which I think is uh, probably like from the from a code wheel or God knows what, right? That's their protection. And once you get past that, then you can actually send messages to other ships. Well, when you target a ship, this is what is insane in that game. I've I've never seen a game that was like this. This is like Nintendo level of weird, right? So you target another ship, and it gives you a big, long string of numbers. Like, I don't know, 10, 15 numbers long. And then if you open the computer terminal and you hit T, it's talk, and then it asks for a phone number. And you put that ship's number in. And that opens comms to that ship. And it, and it's like, seriously, you have to type like a 14-digit phone number <laughs> to actually open. It's not like, oh, I targeted the guy, and then I just hit comms. You know, That would be too easy. You actually have to put their phone number in. It's like ridiculous. According to um, Moby Games, the, pl- the, the player pilot can get tired, and if that happens, you will skim a planet or two? Um... Not familiar with that. I don't know. I don't live long enough to get tired. <laughs> I'm instantly dead in that game. Oh, and the map is really weird too because it's it's much like Elite, where it's got like this giant solar or um, galaxy map, right? And then there's actually Galaxy Drive, so apparently you can jump galaxy to galaxy as well. I never lived long enough for that either. But it, it's uh, yeah, it's chuggy and clunky, and Elite is. The much better game, it's got which is how eight, I felt at the time too. It's got eight million planets. Wow, that's a lot of planets. That's a lot. It's a lot. It's of got planets. eight quintillion planets, all with individually crafted pixels that are alive. I'm going to have to add this no, to my sorry, list of games. Sean Murray. Never mind. I'm going to have to get Win UAE and try this. Seriously, uh, this sounds like something I need to at least try. Yeah, I'll hook you up yeah. with disc. If- it's like 400k or something. Oh god. It's uh and there there's a guide and stuff the the site that I went to they had the manual, they had the key card and they actually had the strategy guide which was a walkthrough step by step do this do this do this through like oh. the first 10 missions in the game. Oh, gosh. Because there's actually story missions that you know like the first mission is to to jump to this other star and dock and turn in a just a message, right? You're a courier. And then the second mission, cause they're going to give you a mission. Oh, that's the other thing to find out what your mission is. You have to open that computer terminal and then dial up to Galnet odd that they called it Galnet. Uh, and, mm. but you, yeah. So you dial up to Galnet 
and then you call Federation of Free Traders, and then they like fax you the mission that you're supposed to go on. And then you need to write that shit down, or you're going to have to log in there and call them back and be like, hey, what was that again? So oh, God. Yeah. And they give you coordinates. So you have to go into the map thing and like bang in the coordinates to know where you need to jump to. The the days when you had to write stuff down yeah, on like man, this actual game paper. Came with like a notepad or <laughs> yeah. something. You know, honestly, I like those games. Yeah. You know, what's weird the charm to that because so it the, doesn't hold your hand. So there there's a, a group of RPGs on the Nintendo DS. I forget what they're called. They start with an E. And when you're playing them, you actually have to draw the map because, you know, you have the stylus. Oh, Etrian, uh, I believe. Yeah. 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 But to me, but to me, that's kind of ridiculous. Like, why do I want this so tedious that I have to draw the map down there? Because it's like every time I take a step, then I got to be doodling on this thing. So um, this game's going to go. Because it has a stylus and you're supposed to use the second screen and yada, yada, yada. I tried playing one of those uh, when I first got my 3DS and yeah, I couldn't deal with that. I saw. Well, you see, I, where this where this kind of stuff comes in handy though was games like Mist or Riven, right? Oh God, yeah. Like I remember in Riven, once I it, like it dawned on me because I got like the collector's edition of Riven when it came out, and like it came with a with like an empty notebook, and I was like, well, this is interesting. I guess I can have a journal or something. And like I'm playing the game, and I'm like, all right, I know what that notebook's for now. <laughs> like you gotta you gotta you gotta write shit down, like. Yeah, totally. yeah, you have to figure out the whole numbering system. There's like a whole numbering system in the game that you had to like decipher because you needed it. Right. Oh boy, yeah. Yeah, I, I've, I've never actually had to put in an NPC's phone number before so that I could call them ship to ship. That that's oh, oh hey, I, space girl, what's your digits? <laughs> you up? <laughs> New number, who dis? Uh... <laughs> hey, baby, who dis? <laughs> Doing a Netflix and Doc. Oh, oh, no. oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, I was. Um, I remember Starflight, especially. You had to have notebooks to mark down, like, coordinates of relics that someone would tell you about or. or Whatever the wormhole, whatever the wormholes were called in that game, but yeah, I had like graph paper <laughs> with with charts for that. Oh my god! Wow. Last game I did that with was uh, Ultima Three Exodus on my Atari Eight Hundred XL. Oh. Because you did have to have notes for pretty much everything. Oh man, the I same don't... sort of thing. If you didn't make notes, you were screwed. Can you imagine if they asked gamers to do that today? Just as a side, just as a quick tangent, like you have to have a notepad open when you play this to take notes. I think gamers would. I think gamers would lose shit. I don't even know if I want to go down that road and talk about that. <laughs> hey, I'm gonna. I'm gonna throw yeah. I wouldn't do it. I. I wouldn't play that. <laughs> it depends on the game, but like I would say that bulk of your gamers, the the gaming industry in general has has grafted more towards the casual. And so that's not like a negative thing necessarily. I'm just saying like you don't have that kind of style. Right. Yeah, there you go. That's a good way. I wonder if that objects in space game, you know, that super ultra like submarine in space game that's supposed to be coming out at some point. I wonder if they'll do something like that. That'd be kind of awesome, actually. (laughs) 
there's two other ones that I played. Um, Star Glider from Rainbird. And that was essentially that level in the Star Wars arcade game where you're flying on the surface of the Death Star shooting the towers. It's a whole game. Yeah, yeah, I remember. with Stellar 7 and kind of a battle zone thing, right? Do you remember Stellar 7? Oh, God, and yes. Dynam- D- Dynamics. Those. Yeah, man. So this this was basically that. They were just like, what if we were playing Battlezone, but we're flying an X-Wing? Yeah, that was basically it. So it was great. Um, and then that uh, Major Motion, which is the best, star- the best Spy Hunter ripoff you will ever play. <laughs> Major Motion. Was that the guy's name? Major Motion? Uh, I don't know. I like major dad. They just, you know, yeah, I I know what you meant. I just had never thought of that. And (laughs) asshole uh, major trying to get it out of my head now. (laughs) Yeah, man. Serious, serious. Oh, rip off going on there. Well, wow. That's a lot of great stuff. Well, when I was 20, it was 1993. And there were four games that immediately came to my mind um, when I was playing games in '93, and I was—I uh, didn't—I didn't really start playing strategy or RPG. I was still almost entirely space games and flight sims at this point in my life. And so the four games, and one of them is on the stream. Um, the big one was pretty much um, Wing Commander Privateer. That took up most of my 1993. Was that? Uh, I played I played that for at least a year, and the great thing about that is, game was you can play it after the campaign ended, um, and you had that amazing gun. Like, did you guys play Privateer? You did. I know you did, Jim. But did, did Spaz and Hunter? Did you guys play Privateer? I don't I remember. I didn't. I, I played the first Wing Commander on my Sega Saturn. Whoa! <laughs> yeah, how was that? I still have my copy of it too. You guys have seen me play that, like, Wing Commander, right? There's a video of me on Twitch where I was playing, and I lasted all five minutes, and that was it. Like, oh, right. It's at the end at the end of it, and I was like, well, I guess I'm done, so. Oh, man. <laughs> Wait, what game was that? I- <laughs> Wing Commander. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's, a, there's It's just like I died relatively quickly, and then it get, does the whole funeral sequence, and then it just was like the end, and I was like, all right, well, I played Wing Commander. <laughs> Uh, Wing Commander was not an easy game. No. Well, Privateer isn't either. Privateer is very challenging because I'm used to, like, games that have, like, a lead indicator and everything. And this is like, nope. (laughs) You just point and shoot. There's no lead. Uh, Well, there kind of is, but you have to figure it out. And uh, it's a very challenging game because they basically start off with a fairly maneuverable bucket that you have to upgrade. And upgrades are expensive. And take a while to through missions to gain. The funny thing is, like, you don't start with a hyperdrive. Like, you can't leave the system. If uh, you start in the system with two mining bases and an agricultural base, and that is meant to be like not a tutorial, but like you're supposed to really get your bona fides there. And like, if you leave that system when you're not ready, as I did in the let's play that I did this week, you will get your ass pummeled in moments. <laughs> So this game did not mess around. And and at one point, like, I got really infuriated with it because I, like, upgraded my shields. And so suddenly the game upgraded its enemies, like enemies that weren't that hard to take out. All of a sudden I'm, like, spending five minutes killing one of them. 
But the thing is, I want to keep playing it. I want to play more. I was, like, screaming at the game the last time I played it, but, like, it's got its claws in me. Like, I want to play more. It it still is one of the best games of its type, really, even 20-some years later. It's, so it's What about the Gemini Gold reboot of Privateer? I'll have to try that. The same. I think I, – I don't – it's been so long since I played it. I'll have to, like – you know what I should do? Admiral playable, that's for sure. Yeah, I'll, and, uh, you, know, you know what I have to do? I will add that to my list to play after Privateer. Like, I just played Privateer. Let's play this. And that's a great idea, actually. I think you should flip back and forth, like do an hour or one and flip to the other. Oh, no, 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 and no, that no, way, no, no. And that will save you. It's like if it's the same, stick with the new thing. Right, I think that'll be too much of a. I think that'll be too much of an exhausting roller coaster. Like it's not so hard. Oh my god, it's not so hard. Oh my god, (laughs) I'm not sure if I can handle that. Well, no, I mean if if it's the same game, right? Because I because it's the same deal at the beginning of it. I don't know how the progression of it goes, but you start. There's you got no hyperdrive, and you're like, you know, flying wheat and furs back and forth to the aggro base. Or, you know the agriculture thing, the, yeah. the planet and the station back and forth yeah. until you can afford that hyperdrive. See that what gets me in that game is my survival rate through that bullshit phase was damn near zero because the first time you get jumped by a pirate, if you if you haven't upgraded your guns and stuff, which is hard to do, right? Because it's expensive. You can't put much on that thing, yeah, yeah, and and it's just like, hey, give me your cargo. Bonk, 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 bonk. Uh, well, I also hated the... <laughs> oh, sound. The, the sound bonk, effects. Bonk, 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 bonk. Yeah, the, the, when yeah. you hit the shield, yeah. it's just wonk, wonk, like two like ping pong balls being hit together or something like that. Yeah. It's so... Re- it's like... Bad. It's, almost as bad as the, it's almost as bad as the Star Rangers sound effects when you got the Yahtzee cup when you hit someone's shields. You know, the dice oh, in the yeah. cup. <laughs> that, that's a certain kind of glorious, though, because that's just stupid. But it's not irritating. It's just it's true. It's, it's true. Just like, what the hell is that noise? Um, but yeah, but this thing, wonk, 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 wonk. Yeah, uh, no. Yeah. Not good. It sounds like Atari 2600 pack. If you if you decide to play again, uh, my tip to you, because I remember doing this, sell the missile launcher because it's useless and buy another laser at least. Just or, or maybe a couple of mass drivers, like right off the bat. You'll have a better time. Um, okay. But yeah, and I think that's what I did too. Is that well? Oh, I had really? two lasers. Oh the no, laser. the lasers are like but, you're you're scratching them. You're not even hurting them. You're like ow, ow, yeah, ow, that's ow. That's kind of how I was feeling. Yeah, you're not even hurting them. Uh, yeah. but, but but I would die. You know, it's like okay. Well, I spent like an hour trying to get up to that that hyperdrive, and oh, I'm dead. Damn it. Yeah, <laughs> it's like all right. I'll go play X Wing. Save every time you dock. But the thing is, that's yeah, the other game. Coming. That's one of my other games of 1993 is X Wing, and I played some of that. I played both the DOS version and the 98 version. Tell us, Brian, does it hold up? I mean, that's uh, a known quantity. You took the cheap honestly, out. honestly. Um, after playing after playing Tie Fighter, it's hard to go back to X Wing. Yeah, because T- it's puzzly. Well, not just that, but well, there's, it's not just that. There's some quality of life things in 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 Tie Fighter that X Wing doesn't have. Like in Tie Fighter, when you look up your mission, and in, in like when you're in a mission, you look up your objectives. It's a simple list, right? Like it's just uh-huh. a simple list. This is great. In X Wing, you have to fucking read 
the fucking two or three pages of your briefing to figure out what you're like. No, I don't want to do this in the middle of a thing. Yeah, <laughs> just, and also X-wing. It's like you're carrying around a clipboard with you. You got to read the whole thing. <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, how many times in the in playing through X-wing did you run into missions that were and and let's not even talk about the medical frigate because they patched that later. And, uh, <laughs> there's massive apologies from Dave, uh, but yeah, <laughs> because like thanks, Dave. Uh, Dave Westman, it, the developer, the, the yeah. guy who designed all the missions. Yeah, but Love the guy. even even Love you, past Dave. that, even past that, right? You would get to missions that when we were playing X Wing versus Tie Fighter, and then we ran into that like defend the freaking rebels while they reload and don't let uh, the Imperials kill the asteroid or the ship or the other thing, right? Uh, so you got to be like three places at once, which took severe wingman control. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why we were losing, right? Is because if you just had AI wingman instead of humans, then you could just hit a key and they'd go do their thing and they would be probably be much more efficient than your friends. <laughs> so, you know. Goddamn friends. Uh, Goddamn Oh it. my God, though. But how many times did we do that? Screw you, Kyle. <laughs> There, there was times, man, X-Wing, you'd grind a mission like all night long. And oh, it's just and like, what the fuck does it I, want if, to do? If I recall, didn't X-Wing, when you died, you died? Like you actually, if you didn't back up your pilot file to another disc and you died, that's it. Is that, am I, I remembering so, that right? Yeah, because there was a pilot restorer program that you could download. Oh my God. Yeah. Cause I think mm-hmm. like, I think you were done. And like, I think people went up in arms about that. Like I just spent 18 hours on this guy. Yeah, I had a little <laughs> DOS script that backed the guy up for me. I did it manually. So, yes. Like, every mission I'd quit, copy that PLT file to another floppy, <laughs> and then and then go back every damn mission after the first time that happened. Because, god damn it. So, it's 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 tough to play X-Wing after TIE Fighter, because World War TIE Fighter is honestly a better game, too, I think. I think it has better missions, and I think the dogfighting is better. And it, and it gives you more tools. Like, the targeting display in X-Wing is just terrible. It's like, the target is okay. The target shields are down. The target has some damage. The target's dead. That's all it tells you. Whereas in TIE Fighter, you get, like, all kinds of useful information on the targeting display on that MFD. It's great. You know, so they learned a lot, I think, from X-Wing to TIE Fighter, and it shows. Um, but now we're going to get into flight sim territory. Um, another flights the one two I played a lot two flight sims a lot in 1993. The first one was Tornado, Digital Integrations, Tornado. Did you play that one? Did yeah. the The most interesting thing about Tornado was whenever you had to time your strike packages. The mission planner. Yeah, they they flew like different routes and stuff, Mm -hmm. but you had to make sure that everybody had the same time on target. Yeah. But spaced out enough that they didn't collide with each other. Exactly. That was the interesting part. The actual flying, yeah, whatever. Um, I mean, it's, I I enjoyed Flight of the Intruder more than that. Oh, Fly the Intruder was great. That was another great one. But I, that's where I I learned, that's where I learned about Mills. (laughs) It's like, because you had, you had to manually dial the bomb site. Like oh how God! Many. Right, right. A mill is like what a uh, uh, hundred is it? I think ten or yeah, ten meters at a kilometer. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, something, something like that. Yeah. Oh God! But yeah, what what a bitch! You know, <laughs> it was just like okay. And I had been in the army, 
And I still didn't know that coming out. Of course, I wasn't a, I wasn't an artillery guy, but but the game actually was harder core than my my real army experience. Oh. So there you go. I, that and like Mega Fortress are like so seared in my memory for how hardcore they were. Yeah, Mega Fortress was. Uh, am I like a band? No, it's a B. Okay, so there was a book called Flight of the Old Dog that it spoke B fifty twos, which yeah. was a band. Oh yes, I get but the joke now. It was a it was a Tim book Root. called Flight of the Old Dog about this super hyped, technologically advanced B fifty two. Like outside it looked like a B fifty two, but inside it was science fucking fiction. The TARDIS. Yeah, it was science fiction all around. And this it was, game, it was basically the uh, the B one B, like but a stealth kind of version, but it was a B-52. So it was the bomber that was like the test bed for the stealth bomber. Yeah. And And it wasn't really stealth, but it was like, I I forget what, I read the book. Did you ever read the book? Oh, yeah. It was was quite interesting. Oh, yeah, it was a great book. Yeah. Uh, There were actually multiple books in that series with followed the main guy, the pilot guy. They like, he had a whole like career after that. But um, yeah, I I bet you liked that game for the same reason that you liked Die War. Because it's like you can actually go sit in the different chairs. Yes, and it's like yes. almost like a submarine sim. Where yes, it's like it's a it's a flying submarine sim. Is and exactly the, what it and is. And the last mission I'm sit in, at the sonar station. I'm going to sit at the yes, know. yes. And the last mission in the game was the one from the book, the big like Russia infiltration mission that was in the book. That was the last mission of the game, and it was so hard, but it was so great. Um, but the other flight sim, I mean, Tornado was really great. I loved, I love bombing. I love attack and bombing. So for me, Tornado was great. But the other flight sim I played a lot of in 93 was TFX, the, uh, the precursor to EF2000. Um, yeah, which I linked that today from my Amiga exploring as well. Oh, TFX. I played was, it on Amiga. Yeah. So, so TFX was the first game and that, or was it X29? Was yeah, it was X twenty nine like interceptor, and, and then it was TFX, yeah. and then and it was then after e- TFX. It was EF two thousand, EF two thousand, and then F twenty two thousand, and then F twenty two. No, then TAW. No, there was F twenty two before Total Air War. Remember, there was the F twenty two sim. That was the more linear. Yeah, bunch of F twenty two sims. So there was F twenty two from them, and then I Magic or I. IF twenty two, yeah, it was IF twenty two, yeah, yeah. They did IF twenty two, and then uh, Nova Logic was it them? Yeah, they did yeah. three of those. Logic had one, yeah, which was IF twenty or was F twenty two Lightning, right? Which which was like they had their F sixteen, their MiG twenty nine, and then the F twenty two. And you could play them all in multiplayer. <laughs> yeah, which they sell them on Steam. I know, and um, it's not and, super great, and, but it, and those it works. And F twenty two is like one of the few games that lets you arm nuclear weapons. Like, like I think there are only two or three flight sims that let you drop nuclear bombs, and that's one of them. <laughs> yeah, and of course, Flight of the Old Dog. And uh, Flight of the Old Dog was all about delivering the nukes. It's too bad you didn't have Slim Pickens like riding the nuke with his <laughs> cowboy hat on the way down, because that would have been the best. Oh, the other one was, remember that hardcore F-16 sim, Back to Baghdad? Remember that one? I did not ever play that one. It was, it was a real fucking challenge. It, like, it was on par with Falcon for fidelity. It was, it was, the only thing is it was a linear game. 
so it wasn't as yeah. fun. It was. Do, do you remember A10 Cuba? Oh hell yeah! That was that hell was yeah. the smoothest. I think I still have it. Them. I I never saw a game fly that smooth as back then, and that, but that was Dynamics as well, wasn't it? That was Activision. A10 Cuba was, yep, Activision. It was Activision. It, oh, okay. uh, Dynamics had. Um, two of their own A10 games. There was like... Oh, that was A10 Tank Killer. One A10 two. Tank Killer and then like A10 2 Silent Hunter or something. You know? Uh, so, uh, yeah, I got that with my first 3D Accelerator was the second A10 game. <laughs> oh, wait. No, so Sierra published it. Yeah, but it was yeah. Dynamics who developed okay. it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was so, a damn fine-looking game for that day. Oh, God, too. yeah, it was That gorgeous. was another game that I could play at blazing five frames a second on my Amiga. Yeah. Oh, man, I miss those games. See, this, this is when I liked Flight Sims, right? Because if if you tell me, like, hey, let's let's get out DCS and fly some nope. A-10, my lip starts to sweat a little bit. It's just like, Ooh, thank you. okay, that's supposed to be really fun, and I profess to really like these games, but yeah, uh, do I want to do that tonight? Do I want to... Is that what I want to do with my life this week? Hmm. Well, but dude, if they had like A-10 tank killer level yeah. of like accessible, simple, like USAF, my God, mm, somebody please, yes, please remake USAF. Well, I think Denny I, Atkin, our buddy Denny, put it best, where he's like, there are plane simulators and there are pilot simulators. And those kind of games are more more pilot simulators, where you're in a theater, you're doing missions, uh, the flight yeah, modeling is... you're not worried about whatever knob does. Exactly. It's, you're you're it's more, more like, you're, I'm, I'm worried about tactically, like, exactly. should, I, should I zig or zag or, you know, what... And and sadly, yeah. because of the fucking rivet counters, who I still hate, they're the ones that have ruined flight sims. Because now everything has to be like IL two and DCS. Where damn it, Wagner? Who cares about the who cares about the who cares about the missions? It's all about the fidelity. I want to make sure I twist that knob just right to take off the plane because the fuel has to be mixed just right. Oh, I, yeah, it's like I'm still angry. I'm still angry. Guys- Bored of that Crimea map after twenty years. Oh my god! I mean, like they're the ones that Jesus. drove. They're the ones that drove Andy Hollis, who made Longbow One and Two. Some still some of the best f- helicopter flight sims ever made. Straight into the asylum. Yeah, they're the ones that drove him out of flight sims entirely, and it still makes me mad to this day. So River Counters, you know, I hate you. Know you. What I found out speaking of flight sims, Wild mm. Bill Steely lives right down the road. I oh. had no idea. Oh, if you ever see him, tell him I say hi and I love him. <laughs> I, I will. I'll, get, I'll give him a big. Say what you want about interactive magic. I loved so many of their games. I loved their flight sims, uh, Dynasty War Inc. They had they had a bunch of crazy shit, but I loved all of it, man. <laughs> I love yeah, their stuff. I, you know what? You know what I ought to do is uh, because I know where their office is, right? I should I should just go over there with like a dice cup full of dice. And just like rattle it and just be like, I'm hitting your shields. <laughs> I doubt anyone would know what, what I, I doubt anyone about. would know what you're talking about. But yeah, I know. But and uh, then I'd be in jail. Probably. <laughs> but those are my games from nineteen ninety three. So um Spaz, let's move on to you. Well, you were twenty oh, oh, and what oh what what what? What year did USAF come out? I was ninety seven, I think. Hang on. Oh yeah, that was US Navy Fighters ninety seven. Never mind. Well, what year? What year are you talking about for you when, when you? Were oh, U- U.S. came out. USAF came out in nineteen ninety nine. U.S. 
Navy fighters and all that. That was like ninety seven. Yeah, Jane. Oh, yeah, okay. that was much later in the game than I thought. I yeah, thought that, that was one. Of the, that was like, their last one, wasn't? No, no, no. There was that. There was that World War Two one, but that was like it was. It was that in F eighteen. I think were their last. Like, okay, so what what year was yours? Ninety three. Ninety three. Yeah, I was twenty uh, and ninety three. Yeah. There's a XCOM makes the list as well. Uh, I I could not I liked XCOM but it was too hard for me, and I started playing it years after the fact because I wasn't into strategies. Oh. I wasn't into strategy games. Um, uh, back in one. The, yeah, I that's got a in, hard game to go back and play. Uh, I got into Boy, strategy myth. games, <laughs> <laughs> but that that uh, came out much later. Yeah. No, I got into strategy games later, like ninety five, ninety six. So, like, the first strategy games I played were, like, Heroes of Might and Magic and Master of Orion 2, which are really great things to start with, you know? Yeah. Ascend- Ascendancy, I think, was my first 4X, actually. And uh, so, yeah, I started a little later, and I missed a lot of strategy games. Um, but anyway, so, Spaz, you were 20 in, what, 99? Right? That was an amazing year. Oh, my God. Free Space 2. Hello, but uh, what were the what were the games that you really recall playing in '99? So my first pick, I actually played its arcade version, and my first pick is well, it's it's kind of an odd one. So let me just toss that out there first. It's Super Puzzle Fighter Two Turbo. Was that like the Bubble Bobble, or was that the Match Three game? That was that was the yeah. So it was kind of like um, Street Fighter meets Columns. Yes, in, I played uh, that in the arcade. Um, yeah, and, and yeah. Columns, there's a place near me that had that had an arcade, and that's where I played it. Columns played a lot like Doctor Mario, right? Because it was it, it wasn't shapes like Tetris, but it, it was right. just like a, what like two things stuck together or. Well, yeah, you'd match. It was sort of match three, but then you drop. Well, at least in in columns, it was you drop uh, three gems at a time, and you could rotate between uh, which gem was on top and bottom, and you were stuck with whatever wherever they landed. That was that was the classic columns. Now, what made Super Puzzle Fighter Two different than that was that you had color gems that you could drop. And then you had what were called crash gems. And if a crash gem hit its own color, it would take out everything of that color that was directly connected to it. So you could build big boxes of gems and make massive combos. And then what that would do is it would send garbage blocks over to your opponent's side. So that's how you would attack. Now, I played a lot of that back then. See, I always wondered how that worked. Like, were I thought maybe you were actually charging up their moves, you know, like like they would and, just and, automatically kung fu each other. But and but that's actually part of it is the way that you would make attacks is by using those crash gems. And so, the bigger the attacks and the bigger the combos, the more damage you would do, and therefore the more blocks you drop on the other side. Yeah. So what 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 would be interesting? Um, have you played uh, like? puzzle quest right so so it's like you have different spells and depending on what color things you match it powers up different spells right so it's like oh i got this much red mana i can throw a fireball oh i I was gonna get to that actually Uh, okay so so i played this a lot in the arcade back then and i even just a few years later tracked down the ps1 version 
which was usually going on eBay for about 70 bucks at the time just because it was so rare. I actually made it to track down one when I was living in Arizona. And so I still have that copy. And then when I got my PS3, the first game that I got for it was the HD remix version of Super Puzzle Fighter 2. And that's what I fired up. And it still holds up, I've got to say. Uh, There's even a mobile version that just came out late last year, and it's just called Puzzle Fighter. And it's free. And you can play that. You get uh, other Capcom characters that you can play with, which is kind of interesting. They added a lot more. Uh, The the basic one had, um, uh, had characters from Darkstalkers, if you remember that fighting game, as well as Street Fighter 2 characters. And the new one has more Capcom properties added in. And yeah, it holds up. The, the gameplay is pretty much the same. It, it hasn't changed all that much from when I played it close to 20 years ago. Yeah, so there's a new game, new-ish, uh, that's out on Steam that I own, and I have to dig for the name of. But it's uh, it's basically like a puzzle quest kind of thing, but more. it, it looks like Darkest Dungeon mixed with puzzle quest kind of thing. And it's very cool. I don't know if you have that, if you know what I'm talking about. Uh, not sure. It depends on... Well, I mean, there are a lot of a lot of games that I have, too, but uh, that one I'm not sure of. If I know the name of it, I can tell you. The last time I went to an, uh, an arcade was in a very uh, Asian neighborhood. I forget the name of the, the town, but... Big on arcades. There aren't a lot of arcades left. This is about 10 years ago. And there was actually a tournament going on for that game at the time. And, like, people were betting, and it's really crazy. <laughs> I just remembered that, actually. Yeah, that was a great game. But you have a couple others I think you want to talk about. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um Fired up my N64 because at the time wow. uh, I played wow. a lot of Hybrid Heaven. What and is this that? game? It's it's highly obscure now because it's all right. Here's here's the concept: take a JRPG turn-based combat system where you have to build up uh, energy to make your attacks, then put a wrestling and martial arts system on top of that. So depending what? on where you're standing in relation to your opponent or depending on whether or not you've got them in uh, a different type of wrestling hold, you can do different attacks. Okay. Then on top of that, you put in a sci-fi plot about aliens who have tried to take over the the world governments, starting with the U.S., and replacing politicians, basically, with these genetically enhanced and um well uh manchurian candidate type characters it sounds batshit insane doesn't it that what, does what the crap game is this Rogues. hybrid, hybrid heaven. heaven i've never heard of that it's it's kind of like it's almost like rogue state or something i thought rogue state was actually like a legit game and until i had like a giant mutant chicken walk yeah apparently apparently aliens are trying to 
apparently the the aliens are trying to replace the U.S. president with a clone, and yeah. you have yeah. to fight these these aliens so, in a wrestling. So you've got these different types of, wow. of enemies to fight that are genetically engineered, and depending on how you fight them, you gain you gain different moves. So if there's one that's focused on kicks, you can gain kick type moves by watching them do their actions. So it's kind of um, there's a meta game in progress that every time you go through the game, you'll fight these different enemies and then you can learn more move sets. Uh, you can stack up wow. five types of attacks at once and then you unleash these combos. And and depending on how you take out your opponents, how efficiently you take them out, uh, how many combos you pull off, that adds to your score at the end of the game. Now, the game itself was just so unique. I mean, there's there's just nothing in terms of of that mix of combat styles and JRPG uh, action that I've ever played since then. So Unfortunately, it doesn't it, very well hold up. Was it just glitchy as all hell when you were playing it? Because uh, I'm watching a video of it here, and it's like... Wow, I it, it looks like that those highlight reels where people are like, "Hey, here's a here's a Bethesda game, and here's a character whose head turns like a corkscrew and whatever." And it's just like, well, that could is it really, yeah. This look, is look at that video I just stuck in. Now, there. now, Hybrid Heaven is one of the the very few games, one of the first games actually that supported widescreen, and you could uh, get better I, graphics if you used. Uh, and th- I'm talking about on the N64. Let me let me clarify that. There were other wow. widescreen games on it, but that was one of the first ones that did it. Um, but it could also be enhanced with that little that, like graphics cartridge you could plug into the N64 and get better video RAM. Wow. Yeah, you could get slightly better graphics with it, but it, it was still buggy. Yeah. And this, I say, this has to be emulator problems because even Superman on the N64 wasn't this bad. Could be. I've never seen. Well. I've never seen a game on a console be this bad yeah you go to like five minutes then and it's just wackadoo like i don't know oh, even... i know i know in fact there... speaking of whacking the one guy looks a lot like he's whacking it because he gets that like glitch in his arm it's yeah like, this is this is i'm looking at the video now it's emulator problems because it was not this buggy yeah okay <laughs> i was supposed to say <laughs> yeah, there, there were some weird bugs with it i have to say but in its defense, if if another company had taken that same sort of combat system and then updated it, it it's would like actually be awesome. Made by the guys that made Yakuza, that's kind of what it looks like. <laughs> okay, that's that's close, close. Yeah, unfortunately, the game just does not hold up because there's it. It just can't. It's, yeah. it's twenty years old and. They're, well, almost how, 20 years old because it came out how in did, How did Conqueror's Bad Fur Day not make your list? Were you, were you not <laughs> I didn't that? play it until 2000. Okay. So, so, although I had played it, I still have my copy. I just didn't play it until later. That is a choice game right there. Oh, it, it is a choice game. Yeah. It didn't come out until 2001, oh, apparently. Yeah. Wow. It's uh, it's amazing that got made. That's all I'm gonna say. 
Well, it's amazing it got made for Nintendo. That that's what I mean. Yeah, well, it, it could have happened yeah. anywhere else. It's Nintendo. It's, it's rare, though. I mean, the company rare. Is, well, couldn't the, they like the kind of humor? The kind of humor in that game was shocking for a Nintendo game. Mm. But what I'm saying is, we're not even. We're, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, and we're not even like talking about how like they also happen to have a South Park game on their on their platform too. That was like different. Like this was, and it was all kind of around the same time. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Yeah. Oh yeah, I have the South Park uh, game. It's almost, it's almost like they asked Seth MacFarlane to design a video game story and Conker's Bad Fur Days would popped out. But isn't, wasn't this around the time when Rare could do no wrong? Like the company, like they were like the hottest of hot shits. Yeah, I think the they time. basically, they, get, they had a blank check. Just do whatever the hell you want, right? Because it was Banjo-Kazooie and uh, Perfect Dark and God Golden knows what Eye. else they'd done. Yeah, Golden Eye. So, yeah. It was just like, do whatever. So they were just like, all right, we're going to burn this bridge. Did they, well, did they, I know they made Conquer 2, but I think that was on the Xbox or something. They had to, they had I think to it was evacuate. on PS2 as well. They got, apparently they got acquired by Microsoft a year after Conquer's Bad Fur Day came out. So that's probably why it was on other things. Yeah. But yeah, I remember oh, the good old days. I remember people talking about Rare back in those days, like, oh my god, it's a Rare game. Like, I worked at EB in 2003, and everyone's like, oh, you haven't played this? It's a Rare game. They make the best games. I had people actually tell me that. So, uh, yeah, they were like hot crap at the time. <laughs> I mean, they made a lot of good stuff. Yeah, no, no, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah, their their Wikipedia article is impressive. Holy crap. Anyway. Yeah, my third pick. My third pick, well, that's... Well, we talked about it a little bit before the show, but... Yeah, I, I played this in 99. It came out in 99. Star Trek Birth of the Federation. <sighs> it was, yeah. Now, here's the thing. is is At the time, it was a product of its time. It, it came out not long after Mutu... And it had a lot of the same sensibilities and a lot of the same, well, problems that were indicative in that genre at the time. Um, I didn't actually play it again for this show specifically because although I still have my disc, getting it to work on Windows 10 is kind of a problem. <laughs> yeah, you need, so, to, you need to download a WareZ modded copy to get it run. Running on yeah, uh, so on modern I wasn't hardware, going yeah. to do that, but I know, unfortunately, and I can say this without question, it does not hold up. Mm. I it, this is one of my games that I wish could be remade with with uh, the same license, but with modern sensibilities, and it would be great. Yeah. So here's the problem with the uh, with Birth of Federation. Well, there there were many. Uh, the first is that. Because of licensing hell, they could not get original series ships. So they could only use stuff that was in Next Generation I, uh, or in the movies. I can't believe right, it. Birth of the Federation. Oh, my God. Starts with Picard, right? Yeah, it's, he's, it's he's next. founder of the. Well, no. The, so, like, back in the day, Interplay had access to the original series, and Activision had access to Next Gen. 
Why? Yeah, and I think that's, yeah, that's I don't the know. deal. Like Paramount had had license well, for original series, and then somebody else had next gen, right? See, this is this is the problem that we're actually running into today. Sorry, sorry for the tangent, but Star Trek as an IP itself is so freaking like convolutedly split by licensing, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like that's why that's honestly that's one it's not the reason but it's one reason why the star trek 2009 series was so vastly like visually different from anything that we've done before not because they're not just because they're trying to be different because they were but it was also due to licensing like they couldn't make anything look like it did before and then like anything with the new star trek the discovery show is same kind of thing like there's also licensing bs with that because of how everything's going on it's it's crazy like I don't understand how people don't want to make money, and they're just like, "No, we control this." But but you're not doing anything with it, and I'm going to do something that's going to make you money anyway. And yeah. soapbox um, off. No, I <laughs> no, mean it's, it's a valid it's a valid it's, concern because well, there's there's so much that could have been done with, and I'm going back to Birth of the Federation. They they missed out on a lot of opportunities because they couldn't use the original series ships, unless it, unless the ship itself, like say the Excelsior class showed up on next gen, they couldn't use it. Which they is, had DS nine ships in there. They had the defiant. Well, yeah. okay. They had the defiant. They had a few of the Cardassian ships and they had the design of DS nine as a station. Welcome was, to Bajor. Yeah. But, they couldn't use any of the original series ships, so they lost out on they lost out on so much they could have done. Yeah. And then and then the 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 real problem of the meat of the game was the micromanagement. So to to lay this out for you, every turn you had to manage your your colonies just like with any other 4X. Except that it took forever to micromanage because you didn't have a canonical list you could go through and say, okay, well, this is what this is building. This is what this is building. Okay, cool. I don't have to worry about that. You had to manually go through every planet to make sure they were building exactly what you wanted to, because if they built something new, let's say increased their manufacturing capability, and then they suddenly built something else and your queue was empty, then you'd be wasting turns for that particular colony. Yeah, sounds sounds like it didn't have a very good notification system. It did, but it wasn't great because it would give you a a list of all these events happened. But that would be it. Uh, The other problem was the AI was highly, highly inconsistent. When the Klingons were losing in battle, they would sue for peace. When they were winning, they would they would just trounce you right um but then they might sue for peace after just because the the ai was just highly highly inconsistent between what they what they wanted you to do what the races in canon would do and you get things like they declare war on you one turn a few turns later you could find peace with them they you, you could sue for peace and get it and then they'd hate you again for some reason. And it was never really explained why. They, they would just kind of seesaw between uh, political stances toward you. 
Yeah, what was that board game that they made that was uh, it was it was basically the Klingon border, right? And I I can't think of what it was. It was it it was basically like a stare down between the Federations and Klingons. Oh, it's Federation and Empire. That's what it was. Um, I'm shocked that nobody has made Federation and Empire as a PC game in all these years because it's it's Star Trek risk kind of. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Man. Yeah, it just well, seems it, I don't know, man. It seems like a natural. Like if you're if you're trying to make a Star Trek conflict strategy thing, it's it's the trifecta, Federation, Klingons and Romulans. Right? And just do it. And there have been other uh Star Trek board games in that time. Uh, Ascendancy is the uh one of the newer ones which is it's kind of a reskin of another game, but that's okay. It's it's a good use of the license from everything I've seen. Haven't played it myself though. Right. Oh man, yeah. That's when I when I played Birth of the Federation for the first time. I was I was really disappointed in how poorly it handled the exact thing you were talking about with the uh, the colonies. There was also another bug. There was a major bug. It was never fixed. And it was that after about 60 to 80 turns, you would start getting slowdown, major slowdown in the game. And there was no way to fix it except to quit the game and start all over again. I'm guessing it was just a memory leak, but um, that was persistent throughout all the time I ever played it. Well, that's infuriating. (laughs) Oh yeah. Well, that's Thing a, is, yeah. if you, if it was remade, I mean, there, there were some okay concepts. Like its combat system was kind of unique. Its combat system was interesting in that you, if you only had a few ships in, the other, the other side had a few ships in. It was turn based. You could give orders to individual ships to have them do different maneuvers, and depending on. Uh, you're facing toward the enemy, and they're facing toward you, and the maneuvers they chose. It, it would be a little bit more dynamic of a combat system than, say, something like Endless Space, where it's not really dynamic at all. You could actually choose maneuvers. So that was kind of cool. But then when you got into fleet battles of 50 or so ships on each side, it was just blobs. Uh. <laughs> you could give orders to, to individual types of ships, but just uh, say across classes. You could have your destroyers try to flank, for example, or... or um, you could have them joust with uh, with a specific class of enemy ship, but trying to give individual orders in that, oh, hell no. <laughs> no. It sounds like the 3D battles in um, Star Wars Rebellion, kind of a similar thing. Like, the strategy game is fairly solid. The tactical stuff is kind of garbage. <laughs> well, the, the, the tactical wasn't actually that bad. It's just that when you got to large fleets of, say, when the Borg invaded and you've got a Borg cube standing you down and you've got a fleet of about 60 ships and they're getting their asses handed to them. Well, that can get a little frustrating. <laughs> that's true. Oh, that's a good mix, though. Consoles and PC. So, Hunter, you were the youngest among us and you were 20 in 2007? 
Well, I technically turned 20 at the end of 2006, but like that's December, so we'll just call it yeah. 2007. All right, you have the same birthday as my wife. That's right. That's right. That's right. She she is also 31. Yeah. <laughs> no, she's a little older than that. You dirty dog. You, <laughs> you know that, that uh, 2006 Christmas bonanza. <laughs> you know, it's really you know you know people people were like, oh, you're like a December kid, so like it must be hard with Christmas. It's still early enough in the month that it, it's separated. Yeah. Like I've never, no, but yeah. I never but felt that. I'm saying not not about that, but I'm saying that that is the holidays is when all the games, the AAA ship drops. So yeah. you actually get 2006's AAA drop as well. Well, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't really look at the 2006 though. I, I I was specifically looking at 2007 and like in that 2007 year. I mean, boy, how do you, I could I could easily have done 2006 stuff too. But 2007, ah, uh, Jesus! Like, so as a 20 year old, <laughs> uh, I was pretty. I was pretty stupid. Um, I was I was technically living on my own, but like dad and his um, somewhat infinite wisdom decided to give me a credit card and it was for emergencies only, you know, if I never needed to bail myself out of a situation, but boy, did I use that thing a lot at GameStop. <laughs> it was an emergency. To, I bailed out my need for video games. <laughs> um, oh, man. But, but, you know, that aside, I always paid him back. Yeah. And in 2008, you were like, where is that guy? um but in in all honesty though 2007 um god there was a lot of games i was playing and you know i was also um pretty involved there's like a bunch of gamers i played with in the area that i was living with at the time so there was there was a pretty pretty avid gaming community so i was playing a lot of stuff but of the stuff that came out in 2007 i that i definitely played i'll just i'll just run through it um I'll focus more on some more than others. So a big one that I was playing through a lot was Day of Defeat Source, which originally Day of Defeat was it was out of that mod uh, thing that came from Half-Life, right? So you got like um, Team Fortress, uh, Blue Shift, Opposing Force, Day of Defeat. That was like the um, orange box, right? You know, Counter, Counter-Strike. Those, those were all mods, essentially, that came from the original Half-Life. And so then Valve picked those guys up and kind of made official games out of them. Um, and so Day of Defeat Source is based off the Source engine, which is Half-Life 2. And so I played I played the crap out of Day of Defeat Source. I was part of a, a gaming group, so I did a lot of that. But so on top of that... Did Red Orchestra games come out of that, or is that a separate development? Red Orchestra was initially a development from Unreal Tournament, if I'm not mistaken. I think they were originally a mod from Unreal Tournament. I could be very wrong there. Okay, because that's the one that had like the the trench war stuff and World War Two and the tanks and everything. Right. I'm just trying to remember where that actually came from because I I I God, I want to say that was an Unreal mod. Yeah, Red Orchestra mod for Unreal Tournament 2004. Yep. Oh, there you go. Released in 2003. That's when that. That's yeah. So uh, there was some crossover to me. Uh, there that. probably was because Team Fortress, if I'm not mistaken, Team Fortress was originally a Quake mod, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And then I think they, I think they then ported that over to the Half Life engine 
for the Half-Life stuff. So yeah, anyway, the day of defeat stuff, it was like, I was really hot on like metal of honor mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then the day of defeat stuff came out and it was like metal of what? No, I'm playing day of defeat, man. <laughs> Cause it Dude. was so better. And it, it was just like, I mean, hours on hours, just round after round of like capture the flag map capture points. Like I did, you know, I was playing with guys where we had like our own custom maps that, you know, we had groups of guys making for the mod and, you know, so I did a lot of that. So that was kind of like, that consumed a huge chunk of my time. And then, uh, of course, in 2007, the orange box came out. So we got Team Fortress 2. We got um, everything that kind of came with that portal. You had Half-Life 2, Episode 2. You know, all that kind of stuff. So that was that was kind of a big, a big deal. Um. Another big one that kind of it was it was like first person shooters and 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 uh, real time strategy games were kind of like my the thing that I was doing at the time. So another big one that came out was uh, Enemy Territory Quake Wars. Now, so 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 backing up. Uh, oh yeah, the, you're you're, the, you're singing my song there. I yeah. love Quake Wars. Now backing up real quick. If I, I was sadly to play, any I sadly of the I sadly Fox, missed that one. By the way, Quake Wars. Can you fill me in on? I keep hearing how awesome yeah, that one was. I'll, I'll, I'll get to that one real quick. But okay, like, going going back real quick to Orange Box and Day of Defeat, like all that stuff still really kind of holds up today. Like there's 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 probably more modern shooters that have better like features and functionality to them. But like as like just a great land party game, like I still feel like most of those source games still hold up today. Um, in my opinion, but anyway, moving on enemy territory, quake wars. Now, boy, howdy was this, um, was this a thing and it was a good thing. And I, and it, honestly, I think it was like almost slightly ahead of its time. Um, because you, you get a lot of this kind of gameplay today and other games. Like, I mean, you talk about like what battlefield three was doing battlefield four did. Yeah, did um, it come out about the same time or, slightly before battlefield 2 uh battlefield 2 i think battlefield 2 was 2005 okay it was right after that then because it it essentially it was it was the quake version of battlefield 2 it could have yeah. been a battlefield 2 yeah battlefield i'm so good it was 2005 you're damn, right i'm good damn right um so so yeah so like so Battlefield Two kind of had that thing going and then like Enemy Territory kind of picked up on that same kind of gameplay mechanic. So essentially, uh, for Brian and those who are not um, inducted into this, uh, it, it's essentially you got your two teams. Uh, there's vehicles, there's capture points, and essentially it's like map control. So, like, you're trying to get all the way to the other end of the enemies, like, to the other side of the map and, you know, control the whole map. Um, each team's trying to fight for this. And you, you have different types of vehicles. You can spawn in on different spots, different classes. Um, and if you were ever, like, you know, a fan of, like, Quake in general, it was, like, a, it was a nice, it was a nice, like, upgrade from Quake 4, if you will, to this. Um, because Quake 4, I didn't think, was all that great of a game. It was all right. Um, but, like, Enemy Territory, Quake Wars. And, like, that that was, like, land parties right there. Like, we, we'd wears that shit to our friends. And we're just, like, you're playing with us. As a matter of fact, I don't even think you needed a key um, if it was just for a land. Like, I think, like, you only needed the key to get online. But other than that, you could install, like, on all your friends' computers. And they could play locally. And you didn't even need to 
Um, and you didn't even put in a key for it. Can you still play it today? Um, there is a community for it. I think Jim and I hopped into it about four or five months ago. Yeah, there, there's like a weird brew of mods that you ha- and patches and shit that you yeah, have to put yeah. on it that I could not figure out. And there's really not a lot of people there to help you. But I saw, you know, they had a server that had like 40 people on it. So they're wow. playing. But I, I got my fill just playing against bots because the bot stuff in there is this oh, player. So. It's it's good. Yeah, the bot the bot plays good. So if you ever want to have like a fun just like single player playing against bots, it's a good time. And the bots can be annoying. Like they're they can like in a in like a their challenging kind of way. Well, they shit talk you too. Which is <laughs> that's right, they do because that's what that's kind of like the realm of like Unreal Tournament and Quake. Bots would talk shit to you. The the thing that I thought was magic about it is it was a very dissimilar multiplayer. You know, it's like the whoever's playing the Strog, they're they're freaking like it's the Borg, right? Yeah. So yeah. it's it's basically your standard. 20th century soldiers with M16s fighting the Borg. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And the Borg have mechs. And, you they know, sure like, do have mechs. Oh, my God. They, they got a jetpack and mechs and the, the doctor guy that could, that could basically heal guys by shooting them. And you know, they had all the cool tricks, right? And, uh, yeah. And it was very alien. You know, so the, a lot of their their tech stuff, and then the humans were just uh, good luck, <laughs> good luck with that. Um, yeah, so but they had you know it was like the the standard stuff, sniper class and the the demolitions engineer guy and whatever. It's like, have you played Battlefield Two? You've played the humans in this. So yeah, straight that's, that's out of Battlefield Two. So M one tank quads. Wow, know, I'm just I'm just now. Hold on a second. Side side sidebar. I'm just now looking at the chat over here in Discord. Hey guys, I'm sorry if I'm disappointing with my like young, thirty-one years old over here. <laughs> uh, Jesus, like in my house, I'm the old one. So like, <laughs> well, funny. so hang on this this Quake Wars thing, enemy territory. Um, you can't get it's a Quake Wars. You speak of it looks great. You can't get it digitally though. It looks like you can only. <laughs> You, you well, you you can if you know where to look, but it's it's one of those it's um it, it's like legally dead. legally you can't get it almost anywhere. Like it is, it's one of those games where it's just like why why did this never? I think for a while, at one point you could have gotten it on Steam. I it, I think it's like one of those games that had at one point been offered on Steam and you can't get it anymore. Yeah, this it's is- like people. This it's like people who got license, um, probably something like right. That. Well, it's like those people that had like um, who bought Star Wars Galaxies through Steam before like before Galaxies died. Like technically, that's still in their Steam library, but like you can't find it anywhere else on Steam. Yeah, that's that's usually what happens when a game gets pulled. If it loses its publisher, then yeah, you know, a, people a who have that it in their happens, library, too. they still have it, but they can't do anything with it aside from they can't. Nobody else can buy it. And and one thing that I found out about that is they lose the license to the music that's in the soundtrack of the game, mm-hmm. and then they got to take the game down. And it's like, really? Now, you know, you know what would be great is this would, in my opinion, it, it doesn't in its current state stand up today, but it would if if someone was to like Battlefront Two Classic this game, 
So if someone was to like make this game playable through like Steam servers, like they did with Battlefront Two, I think I think it could be it could hold up today. But as it is now, like no. Um. Oh, so I shouldn't I shouldn't buy it on eBay for six dollars because I love first person shooters with bots. Look, man, for you, yes. I mean, okay, so what I mean by that is, like, it, it does it does play well if you want to play it by yourself for six bucks, I'd say great. But I'm talking about, like, the longevity of it for, like, you know, getting communities built back up to getting, like, competitive multiplayer back up. Like, that kind of, like, what it was intended for with the PvP aspect of it, it does not hold up today. Because, like, you, you, you can only really play it by yourself, and that's fine. as As far as as far as that goes, it's fine. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, totally know. does. I'm I might pick this up like right now. I'm really tempted because I love good first person. <laughs> I love good first person yeah. shooters with bots. For, for six bucks, you can't go wrong, really. And also, if your friends are playing with the same version as you, you might not be able to join whatever cryptic patch server that is, but. It's like if you just play base game, you can play with people. You know, like I'm gonna, around your friends. Or I'm gonna get it. I think it had a CD key thing, but that's key gemmed around real easy. Um, so I'm I'm gonna cup uh get a couple of these out of the way real quick. Um, Supreme Commander came out in 2007. I still to this day play the shit out of that, so that very much holds up. Like I don't even, I really don't even need to like talk about it. it, it if you don't have it and you like RTS games on like a grand scale and you want to play with me sometime, give me a holler. This game, this game holds up. Yeah, it really <laughs> it, does. It holds up really well. People still play that one. People still mod that one. Like there's that Ashes of the Singularity and people are like, why would I play this? I have Supreme Commander. Why would I play Ashes right. of the Singularity? Su- Su- Supreme Commander, Forged Alliance. Supreme Commander, For- Forged Alliance came out a little bit later, but like Supreme Commander, uh, hell of a good time. I love it. Um, so I'm just going to go ahead and chuck that one off the list. Um, the other one is, uh, as far as RTS is on here, I have Command & Conquer 3 Tiberium Wars. Now, uh, Command & Conquer 3 Tiberium Wars was a more modern Command & Conquer that we had had for a while. And um, it's a pretty basic RTS. There's nothing too overly complicated about it. Uh, the controls are pretty simple. And it, it still holds up to today, but, like, I really don't have anything, like, glorious to say about it other than, like, if you don't have it and you like RTSs, give it a try. Um, you, you, you do you want something funny? I'd say it was the last good one, I think. Do you want it? Well. Yeah. I, you know, yeah. well, I don't know. Maybe, because the, what was it? The um, Generals, I thought, was great. Generals, Generals was, was good. But what was the one that came after Tiberium Wars? No, yeah. no, there was four, and then there was... Uh, no, 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 Command Conquer 4 was the bad one. I did not like Command well, Conquer 4. Yeah, no, <laughs> I don't think anybody... Um, but I think, Red, I think Red Alert 3 was all right. That's the one where yeah. you could shoot the, the bears out of the cannons or something? What was yeah, that? Like, yeah, yeah, you could actually a, use cannons to, to... Shoot uh, pandas or something like that. Or grizzlies, I think. Yeah, yeah, it was something, something weird. I just remember, I was like, that's funny. Um... So that one wasn't too bad, but I think I think three was the last, and three added a third faction, which was kind of interesting. 
Um, yeah. yeah, you had uh, the, the alien Japanese faction. It's kind of well, interesting. No, I'm, talking about, was, uh, I'm talking about Command and Conquer Three Tiberium Wars added oh, sorry, the uh, sorry, alien, yes, yes. alien, alien faction. Yeah, I was it's, thinking Red Alert Three for a second there because they did have that. It's kind of interesting yeah. to bring that one up because I just played it for the first time recently. I heard the expansion has a meta map mode, like some kind of global. Yep. It's called Global Conquest, I think. And I uh, never talking about for Command and Conquer Three. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a pretty good time. Uh, Kane's Kane's Wrath or whatever. Yes, yes. So I loaded that up the other day, and I was playing. I'm like, this is actually really good. I'll play the base game yeah. before I do this. I think so. So uh, yeah, I actually because I own that. I was at Origin had like the eighteen set. What was it like? You can you can buy like for five dollars every now and again, like every Command oh, and Conquer yeah, game, they have like all like fifteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so the big pack. Yeah. Now to address to address Fermin Ace there in the chat. Yeah, um, Subcom Two was definitely not living up to the hype, and the unfortunate part about the Supreme Commander series is after Forge Alliance. The license went to Square Enix, I believe, because they like teamed up with THQ or something like that. But Square Enix did so, and it was it was definitely not on the scale that the first one was. Now with some mods and some tweaks, it's a better game than when it first released. But yeah, Subcom Two is if you if you don't have it, don't bother. <laughs> um. Moving moving on from Command and Conquer Three though, um, World in Conflict came out in two thousand seven. Now here was um, a real time strategy game that fascinated me because um, I got the collector's edition and it actually came. The collector's edition came with like a chunk of the Berlin Wall in it. Yep. And um, yeah, yeah, like a certificate of authenticity and all that other crap. But like it came with a chunk of the Berlin, and so like the premise of World. Um, uh, world in conflict was for the campaign mode at least like what if the berlin wall didn't fall the cold war actually escalated and russia and um the west actually went to war and so it kind of like picks up in that like mid to late 80s time frame and um it's essentially you're battling on u.s soil defending u.s soil from a russian invasion a la like um uh, God, what's the name of that movie with the kids? Um, Red Dawn. Uh, yeah, it's it's very it's very Red Dawn. Like not not new Red Dawn, like old Red Dawn. <laughs> so it's very much like. Well, that, that was John Milius. So that. Uh... Oh yeah, same guy. That's right. Yeah. So there's that. Um, and then the the style in which it played. So instead of building up like resource gatherers and all this other stuff, you you had like a point system that you would use to um, call in for more troops or more um, vehicles, tanks, and stuff like that. And the control scheme was very much similar to that of like a first-person shooter almost uh, when you're controlling the overview of a 3D map. Um, I, I'd, I'd say as far as like a game, it, it's definitely not broken. Like you can still play it today. Uh, it's easy to install. Um, it was even given the, away for free last year. Yeah, I was even given away for free last year. I, I would say though that as far as complexity, it's it's very simple though. It's a very simple game. There's nothing. It's not a lot of. Um, it's not. I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't venture. It's it's definitely not like your Starcrafts. That's for sure. <laughs> um, or your Command and Conquers. And then um, I'm going to skip. Mm, well, 
Call of Duty Four Modern Warfare was probably the the one of the best Call of Duties that they ever did. Had a great story, and they even remade the damn thing. So they they got that going for it, as well as Bioshock One. They re they remade they uh, remastered Bioshock One. Those both came out that year, and I played the hell out of those as well. So you know, it was definitely it was definitely a big year. I mean, I think 2007 was also the year that uh, Halo Three came out. You know, so there's like a lot of games that came out that year, but um, those were pretty much the ones that I played through the most. And 2007 was also the first year that I got my taste of a little game. It's just, it's not really, it's, it's, you know, it's not a big deal, but uh, it's this little thing called Eve Online. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of this. Um, it's a little thing, kind of. It's, it's kinda, you know, I think they call it an MMO. I'm not sure. Like I. <laughs> I, I kid, of course. So, no, so like um, that was the first time I uh, got into Eve Online, and then I didn't, I didn't fully, really get into playing Eve Online until uh, late January, early February of 2008. But the account and character that I made back in 2007, I still have to this day. So, and folks, just a side note: we're going to be playing Eve Online this Sunday. <laughs> That's right. Uh, I have, uh, recently started playing again for the first time in six years, started a new character and I've become a little obsessed. I think I'm at a different point in my life where it's like, Oh, I want something a little more hands off that I can listen to a podcast at the same time while I play. (laughs) Yeah, it's a good time. We got, we got ourselves a nice little corp in there. Um, I've actually pulled out one of my alts from one of the big, um, Nullsec alliances, and I'm going to bring him back out to where our corp has its headquarters, and uh, we've been running missions out there and just having fun. So, um, if you guys play or haven't played in a while, it's definitely free to play. They've made a lot of changes for uh, free players to be able to get in there and have a good time. I highly recommend giving it a shot. Um, there's way more things for you to do, or at least find things to do. The um, the agency add-on that they've made it available is uh, really nice because you can find all the different PVE content that's out there. So, right, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm much more enjoying it now than I ever did uh, last time I played. It's much more, it's much better for new players. Let me tell you that it's much more. Yeah, that that guide thing that they build in there is very handy. Yeah. Yes. And that that um, eight, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, like, on top of all that, like, we, we do have um, other online, like, groups and different games for Space Game Junkie. So if there's a game that you're playing and you're wondering if Space Game Junkie has a thing involved in it, just give us a shout out. We'll let you know. I can tell you that we've got stuff in Star Trek Online, which we're not really too deep involved in right now. But, I mean, if people got interested, I'm sure we could spin that back up. We have EVE Online. We have like our own StarCraft Two group, um, so and there's a few others out there. So if you guys, we have, I think we have them in some of the uh, emulated MMOs of the days of past. I think what was it? We have something in. Uh, don't we have something in Jumpgate or something like that? Or yeah, we have something in Jumpgate. Yeah, have something yeah. in Jumpgate. So uh, yeah, we, we, we and technically we have something in Elite, but. Uh, I have something. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, can we go a whole show without saying it? I don't know. We also so. have something in Star Trek Online, apparently. 
from what I am. Yeah, that's what I just said. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I missed it. Yeah. I apologize. I, I have something in Elite. <laughs> I finally got my Anaconda. Right. I did. Oh, line it right now. So, so let's uh, let's talk about the winner of our contest. Yes. We had a little contest that uh, Spaz thought up, uh, where people write in their story uh, about their nostalgia. And uh, we choose the winner. And so, they get a game that we talked about and from I, I wish. years ago. No, we, uh, we, had a, <laughs> we had a lot of great entries. I want to thank everyone for who wrote in. But the winner is, is Eric Schrader's just, just flat-out love letter to Metroid Prime 3 Corruption. Like, this wow. is... Yeah, this is a heavily detailed... Just passionate love letter to this game. I'd never played any of the Metroid games. Metroid um, Prime One was a hot was a hot time, dude. It was good. Yeah. So so this was Metroid Prime Two, three. three. Or, or was, oh, three. So that's the Wii one, right? No, no, no. I think, uh, or was it? It might be. Okay. I'm not. Yeah, because the Wii one made all the difference, right? Because then you could aim with the nunchuck thing. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. That actually makes a lot of sense. Um, well, yeah, but like it wasn't like it was bad on the GameCube, though. Oh, it wasn't bad, no. And in, in fact, if if you have an Oculus, that's <laughs> the best way to play it. It was on the Wii, by the way. Yeah, no, I just looked it up, sorry. Have you seen the video of people playing it in VR? It's ridiculous. It makes me want to do it. It's ridiculously awesome. Yeah, well, they said, like, the whole uh, the problem of getting kind of motion sick, but because you have the helmet visor there, it kind of grounds you in, you know, you're, you're in a vehicle or something, so then you don't get barfy. So maybe that's maybe that's the key with uh, moving around in, in 3D games like that. They don't have to do that, that lame-ass teleport thing that they've started doing, but just give you, like, a helmet or some, some frame of reference that's stable. I don't know. I don't either. But yes. Yeah, so, so what does he say about Metroid? Oh, I'm going to post it on the website if I get his permission. It's huge. It's a huge love letter that I am not going to reread right now because it's long. Um, but it's great. It is utterly great. And if he gives me permission, which I hope he does, to put it up with the uh, the show notes, uh, it's definitely worth a read because you can just tell by the way he writes that he loves. Loves we this do it game. like BuzzFeed. We'll just put one paragraph per page. Oh and then God! Next to go through the slideshow. While we I, I, you with I hate I hate those so much. I hate those so much. So this game's twenty years old, uh, but you won't believe what it looks like now. Oh, sorry. So so f- so, uh, folks, uh, just a couple quick programming notes before we wrap up. Thursday. On the land party, we are going to be returning to Gene Shift because it just got a massive update to its uh, progression system, and we are four player. Yeah, if you guys, if if either of you guys can make it, because I know you both own it, if either of you guys can yeah, make it, that'd playing, be great. I was playing through that single player, so oh, it's, it's like nothing. You, uh, it's you, oh. Yeah, it's it's kind of it's different, right? Because there's the, the like, joy is in multiplayer. Oh yes, and I have to oh, say yes. that very very honestly. Yes, the joy is in multiplayer, and yes. we'll discover it as I did. It's as Brian and I did the last uh, time we played. 
Yeah, because yeah, because it, here it's kind of like you know, don't get shot, shoot first, and and it's sort of a top down stealthy Metal Gear kind of thing with some ridiculous physics. Yeah, but I can see multiplayer if you respawn freely and you don't have to like you know. Oh, they changed the progression system. So now oh. what what happens is that if you die, you lose money. And you okay. use money in order to buy your weapon upgrades. So you can find them in a mission, and that mm. unlocks them for purchase. So you actually, out of mission, you use the money that you've saved up over time to actually buy those upgrades, and then you can purchase them within a mission. It's sort of like uh, like what Dead Cells does. You can you can find stuff, and then it's in your meta. But to actually use it, you've got to pay yeah. to unlock it. So, so you basically like you unlock it in the store to buy. Pretty much, yeah. Okay, I can live with that. I need I need to check that out again. Then I had some fun with it, but it was just like it didn't encourage me to stick to it. No, but I everything. I mean, I'm telling you, everything that's fun about that game is its multiplayer. And when we do co-op as a campaign, you'll see. You will see. I can guarantee it. Yeah, it is. It is such a freaking blast in multiplayer. Oh my god! I've never heard. Like, I know I keep saying this, but Spaz, I've never heard you cackle like that one time you got that grenade kill. <laughs> it was just. It was that insane. It was mind-blowingly insane. <laughs> Yeah, you can drive cars. You can do sniping. Uh, well, I'm still in that first building. That you, I don't know how long that level goes. It seems to go forever, um, but it's uh, you know where you're you're basically room by room cleaning out those dudes in the that building that you start in. Does it get the hell out of there and go to a more interesting level pretty quick? There are other levels. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Some are more open than others, but for the most part, it's a linear path because it's a campaign. There, there's right. a little bit of wiggle room to to explore, and that's actually a good thing because that's how you unlock some of the other weapons. Okay. Yeah, I would like to play uh, um, Streets of Rogue again. That would oh, we need great. to do that. And yeah. yeah, that supports 4 as well. Mm-hmm. Do we all own that? It was it was on do. sale for the cheap too, man. It was it was down to like what six bucks or something last time. Man, I'm just now looking through. Sorry, <laughs> brain fart. Continue, carry on. <laughs> you know what else came out in 1990? It was shocking. Smash TV. Oh right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, just couldn't even imagine that I'm that old. Twenty years okay, old. Hunter doesn't have streets before of Smash TV. Oh. Streets of what? Streets of Streets Rogue. of Rogue. I did it's not. the it's the most not rogue game that you'll ever play. <laughs> it's sorta. It's I, I how would you describe that? That that game's just kinda like madness in a in a jar. It's a little something. bit like uh a GTA meets Hmm. Little weeble people. Uh, twin stick meets a twin stick because there is kind of that twin stick element to it. But then you've got all these missions that you can take on and various ways to solve puzzles depending on what class you are. 
I mean, it kind of almost reminds me a little bit of Puzzle Pirates in a way. In, yeah. In that, you yeah, know, that's cause, fair. Because it's like, go do this thing, go do that. And and it, you get kind of a, just like a random quest, right? It's it's just like, steal the thing out of that safe up there in the gang hideout. But meanwhile, there's the rest of the city, and you could run into whatever kind of zaniness. So, and, and the systems are kind of interesting too, right? So it's like you could damage something outside that'll blow up something inside that'll take the generator out. So the lights go out and then the guy will come outside to see who the hell did it. And then you could kill him. So it's not like you have to go in the house. It's, okay. I, I don't know. There's all like kind punch of a wall, punch a wall. And then that gets their attention. They run out and see what's going on. Or you can drop a tranquilizer into the air vent and then knock out everyone inside. Yeah, it was, kill them with impunity. It or, was a lot more freeform than. Oh yeah, it's yeah. it's almost like a like a um, Deus Ex level of multiple solutions to your problems. And yeah. not all of them are lethal. Not all of them. <laughs> yeah, ideas. We will definitely have to. It's like I'll play do that. this. What could go wrong? Yeah, we'll definitely have to play that at some point. Oh, and they let you make your avatar. So I made a pickle, <laughs> which is amazing. Failure is always an option. <laughs> uh, so let's see. Uh, Sunday, as we talked about, folks, we're doing the Eve meetup. Uh, we're starting at 9 a.m. Pacific time. Probably going to play for a few hours. Not sure what we're going to be doing yet. Maybe some exploring. Maybe some, I don't know. Uh, well, I'll talk to Hunter about that. He knows the game a billion times better than I. And uh, finally, next week on the show, we're going to return to the topic of 4X games. We want to kind of single out uh, the more unique games in the genre and also talk about what other games could be doing better to make them more unique. Uh, so, hopefully- You know, when I think of 4X games, I think yeah. of a... Poly- Never mind. Oh, when I think oh, of 4X, oh, I get oh. the sensation of standing <laughs> on the sun. <laughs> An effervescent breeze. Through my wing, through my, my hair. Because they, they have beer on the sun, <laughs> so I've heard. <laughs> uh, I've, I've definitely wondered if there's beer on the sun myself. Hey, dude, haven't uh, you guys seen... I, I put a link to this place that they'll do Xbox 360 controllers, and they put... You know, you send them, like, a picture that you want on it, and, the, and they will transfer the picture onto the 360 controller, like, permanently, however they do that magic. And I was just thinking, like, somebody here has to have a Roused Hour 360 controller, because it would be the only one on Earth. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. Why wouldn't anyone have that? <laughs> I wonder I wonder if they have video games on the sun. Probably not. <laughs> Too, uh, the consoles probably overheat. Yeah, you get the red ring immediately. <laughs> Well, folks, uh, thank you so much for listening tonight. Uh, this is a great topic, Hunter. Seriously, this is a really fun topic. A lot of games, a lot of games to talk about. That was a lot of fun. And a uh, special thank you to our Patreon subscribers. Uh, you helped make this happen. And I plan on thanking you a lot more. <laughs> uh, plus, we're also trying to figure out some special Patreon stuff for 2018. Uh, to make you feel more special and to hopefully get some new ones. So thank you, Patreon subscribers. And if you're not a subscriber, you can go to patreon.com slash spacegamejunkie. Oh, by the way, final thing for those of you listening on YouTube. Uh, I know someone who listened on YouTube told me they didn't know there was an actual site with an actual MP3 version that you can download and subscribe to via like iTunes. 
and stuff like that. They didn't know that because <laughs> I never talk about it. So if you're listening to this, and I thank you for listening, don't forget you can go to iTunes, you can go to Stitcher, you can go to Google Music. There are multiple. You have Beyond Pod on your Android device. Yeah, yeah there's. Yeah, I was about to say Pocket Cast has it yeah, as well on Android. Yeah, exactly. There, there's a, there's just even just a plain old RSS feed for your for your podcast catcher. Thank you, Fernando. Uh, Fernando found us on iTunes. Um, but yeah, or if you want to go to spacegamejunkie.com and click, click the podcast link, all the links to subscribe are there. So we have a multitude of ways if you want to subscribe in your podcast catcher to listen to the show so you're not stuck on YouTube listening that way. The audio actually is a little bit better on the MP3 version because I put it through a level thing called Levelator. So it's probably even a little better than this. Um, so... Yeah, if you haven't subscribed to the MP3 version, please do so. Uh, yes, Mini Mergle, you didn't know either. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so yeah, we have MP3. We just need to talk about it more. That's yeah, all. we have uh, MP3 downloads uh, that are usually available a couple of days after this is made live, usually on Thursdays or Fridays. Uh, so or please. Cool space Club. We don't talk about Space Club. <laughs> so yeah, if you uh, if you have not subscribed already, please do so. Uh, and uh, again, thank you everyone for In listening. Russia, Space Club subscribes to you. <laughs> we are the Space Bunch, and we went to orbit Uranus. Sorry, uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> but thank you everyone for listening and subscribing and everything. Uh, oh, really, Fermian? Because I know I'm on Google, but if you say just Google play the Space Game Junkie, you'll hear the latest episode. That's great. That's really cool. I didn't know that. That's awesome. But uh, yeah, thank you everyone for listening and subscribing and Patreoning. And we will see you next time. Have a great night, everyone. Bye-bye.